0: thank you Judy good morning good morning, we uh it's funny the first couple of snows that we had we would go uh, Gwen and Willow were very excited to get outside and play and they were Gwen was like because there was snow everywhere she goes there's so much snow and I said hold on baby and I think we're going to get more coming up soon this is not a lot of snow it's a lot of snow dad and so when she saw this out here, just her eyes were like bugging out of her head, and it was it was a, a very fun time that we had at our house a couple of mornings ago. Uh, but uh, we are going to be uh, continue our series this morning that we we started a few weeks ago, that we were just talking about happiness. And I tell you, uh, one place that you find happiness is watching kids just run through the snow. It was just, it was that was such a good time. But I said, we said that I wanted to do this and maybe it's just completely selfish of me, but I wanted to talk about, about the book of Philippians right now and learning happiness because it's at the beginning of the year that sometimes, I love the beginning of the year, I love setting new goals and and dreams for my life, but I do that because I'm unhappy with some aspect of my life. Right? And whether it's, sometimes it's a character thing that, that you know, I, as I get older, I want to be able to, to be someone that my kids and, and hopefully my grandkids, and hopefully I'm long enough to see their kids, that I, 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 you know, I want them to be able to look at me as somebody that, that, that's, that's worthy of respect. And so I'm trying to work on my character and I want to become a, a person of integrity. And, it, and the, the other thing is, with sometimes it's a character thing. Sometimes it's, 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 it's a physical thing, something about me that I don't like. Whether it's I need to lose a few pounds, because for the, for the same reasons, I hope to be able to coach my kids and or my grandkids and, and, and their kids' sports teams as we get older. You know, I just I love that kind of thing, and so I, you know, I want to be able to, to, to be able to, to, the, to last and uh, to be able to be involved as much as I as, as much as I possibly can. And so it's at this time of the year that it's both exciting and a little bit sad because I'm not where I want to be. I thought when I got to 42, I'd be farther down the road in different areas of my life. And the reality is, I'm not. And probably where you're at, you look and you go, I wish I was farther down the road in some areas of your life. And so we wanted to spend a few weeks talking about the book of Philippians and talking about learning happiness because What Paul teaches us is through any circumstance that you find yourself, you can find joy, right? And so uh, when we started this a few weeks ago, we said that Paul began this in an unexpected place, that he said that if you want to find happiness and joy, where Paul started wasn't in some kind of a pursuit, but it was in building better relationships. It was getting better people skills. It was learning to deal with your friends and your family and your co-workers and being able to have good positive, healthy relationships, right? We said that we joke about this. We say in our house, if mama's not happy, right? but we also said it's broader than that. If you get in a fight at work, it just kind of, it sticks with you. If you get in a fight in the community and the, you, 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 in a moment of weakness, say something and you go, I shouldn't have said, it bothers you. And so Paul said, that's where we start. And from there, he talked about the circumstances. He talked about being able to find joy even though he was in prison. After that, we said, look, the path to happiness, Paul said the path to happiness is highly unexpected. It was probably uh, either, the, either week three when we, or, or last week were probably the ones that, that were the most meaningful to me so far. But he said the path to finding happiness wasn't in a pursuit, but it, was in, it wasn't in a pursuit of something, wasn't in an achievement, but it was in pursuing humility. Right? I found that extremely odd because that's not the message that we're taught. And then last week, what we said was that just like you could go to a doctor and he'll give you a prescription for having a healthy heart, right? We said that we know what that is, but we don't do it. We said just like there's a prescription for having a healthy heart, Paul gave us five exercises that if we'll begin to implement, he goes, here's how you have a happy heart. If If you will work these things, like going to the gym, like working on your diet, if you'll incorporate them into your daily routine. He goes, you will find yourself a happier person. Now today what he's gonna do, he's gonna give us a couple of examples. And I love examples. Examples are able to, for me, they're able to break down complex information and you're able to look at them and you go, oh, okay. The words on paper didn't make sense, but getting to see somebody actually do it, it makes a lot more sense. When I was in high school, I had a, a, a welding class my freshman year. And um, as we began to, to he, he gave us this pamphlet, or not pamphlet, this book that taught us how, how to weld. And it talked about the temperatures you need to set, set your, uh, uh, um, um, your tank at, and the pressure you need to set the tank at, and how to adjust the torch. And just through the, through the words in the book, it made sense. But every time he passed out a test, only me and this other kid that was in here would pass the test. Everybody else would be like, I just, I, I'm i not able to get it. And so uh, uh, me and the other kid were talking and we were like, would you please just take us into the shop and show us? And so one day he did. He went in and he goes, here's what this means in this, this chapter and here's what this means in this chapter. And he began to set it up. And the next time he hands out the test, about 80% of the, 80% of the class passed the test. We're ready to move into the, the shop at that point. It's just examples are able to break things down for us and to show us in a way that words never can. And so Paul, he's going to bring up two examples in his writing today, and, and, and a part to where if you just, if you just read this, for me it's a part there's some parts of scripture that when i read I, my eyes kind of glaze over a little bit and you just kind of fly through them a little bit right so okay i got some head nods i'm not the only one that does that like genealogies it's hard to stay focused well this is one of these little sections that it's easy for that to happen in but i think there's some real gold here and so if you brought a bible i want you to open up to philippians chapter two and i'm going to start reading in verse 19 here's what it says i hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. Everyone else looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me In the work of the gospel I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things are going with me and I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon but I think it's necessary to send back to you I'm gonna butcher this Aphrodite's my brother co-worker and fellow soldier who is also your messenger whom you sent to take care of my needs, for he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard that he was ill. indeed he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him and not only uh, uh, and not on him only but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. therefore I'm all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again you may be glad and i may have less anxiety so then welcome him in the lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of christ he risked his life to make up for the help that you yourselves could not give me paul's writing here and he says look i want to tell you about two guys I'm hoping that because of my current predicament, being I'm stuck in jail, I'm hoping that I'm able to send these guys to you. He goes, I've got this one guy that he's like my right-hand guy. If you uh, read the book of Acts, you find out, I think it's chapter 16, but it might be 14, that Paul met and he was, and, and Timothy was, a, uh, uh, that, that, that Paul um, went to, I want to say Lystra, And he met Timothy's mom and grandma and shared Jesus with them, and they became followers of Jesus. And then later, Timothy did as well. And for a while, Timothy's been traveling with Paul, and he's one of the people that Paul refers to as my son in the faith. Paul goes, I've got nobody else like this guy. He goes, and there's another guy. There's a guy that you sent me. And you sent him to me because you know that I'm stuck. I know that you all wish that you could come and do something about this, that you could all come, because you guys know the way that that, that the prison systems work here in Rome, but you can't. So you sent this guy and he's an example. I'm sending him back to you. I want you to know he didn't cut short his journey. He's doing everything that you asked him to do. I'm sending him back to you. I don't want you to think less of him because he's coming back to you so quickly. He says, I've got these two guys. And I want you to follow their example. He goes, I, I, I'm looking at, at these two guys and I'm sending them to you for three reasons. In verse 19, he says, so that I may be cheered. Goes, so I can find some, a, a bit of happiness when they come to you. In verse 28, he says, so that you may be cheered. And then also in verse 28, he goes, so that I will have less anxiety. Isn't that what we're doing here? Right, we come here and we talk. There's something that we're all looking for, right? Sometimes we come and it's it's a, 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 a challenging conversation. It's we need to work on this. But I hope that most of the time that you leave encouraged. Most of the time I leave encouraged. Every now and then, as I walk out the door, I'm like, I don't think they're going to call me to come back, right? But most of the time I leave encouraged. It's a it's a it's, it's a building up of each other is what we're doing here. And then, don't you want less stress? Paul says, I'm sending these guys to you because I can't come myself. They're going to take care of you the way that I wish that I could take care of you. I can't, but them going to you, it's going to make me happy. It's hopefully going to make you happy, and it's going to reduce my stress because I know that you guys are worried. Paul goes, look, I want you to welcome these guys, and even with, with, I'm going to butcher it, epididymis, that's, problem. that's not right? Ep- D- Eproditus. Eproditus. Okay, whenever I need to say it, I'm just going to point at Nina and she's going to say it for me. Okay? Eproditus. Ditus. Okay, I'm glad she's here. Right. He, goes, he goes, I want you to honor people like him. He, there's, there's something that's special about them. And just like an example is able to make things easier for us and whether it comes to our job or, or, or whether it comes to learning a new skill. He goes, look, if you guys will follow these guys as you would have followed me, he goes, you're gonna be able to learn happiness. He goes, I wish I could come, but I can't right now. And so look, look to these guys. And so he starts out here in verse, verses 20 and 21 and he says this about Timothy. I have no one else like him who will show a genuine concern for your welfare. He says, look, if you want to be able to to, to find happiness, to, to grow in happiness, to be taught this skill, he goes, the first thing that you need to do is to look towards Timothy and learn to shift the focus away from yourself. He goes, I've got nobody else like this guy timothy has he just has a genuine concern and care for your well-being that he's always thinking about you guys i i i i i I wake up in the morning and my 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 day typically goes starts in one of two places i wake up and if i'm feeling good i got plenty of sleep i just I, i i i read my bible right there in bed uh, I pull up my phone, I find what the, what the reading thing is for the day, and I read it, and I begin to, to do my, my, my daily little writing that I do. If From there, head to the bathroom, get dressed, and I begin to think, what do I need to do today? Probably similar to most of you guys. The other way is if I wake up groggy, first stop's the coffee pot. Then we get the Bible out and do all that kind of stuff. right? But then I begin to think, after I get that done, what do I need to do today? at 5 30 in the morning or six in the morning what i'm not thinking is all of you guys right i'm not thinking about what you need at that time of the day i have to remind myself after a couple of hours oh yeah chris you're a pastor there's people that you're supposed to be looking after there's people that you're supposed to be concerned with i wake up thinking about what i have to do right isn't that what you wake up thinking what you have to do for the day paul goes i've got this guy he goes this guy timothy he is just, it, he goes, it, Paul's going, it amazes me that he is just, he's, he's so selfless. He wakes up every day, and he's not so concerned about himself. He's worried about taking care of me because I'm stuck in prison, and he's worried about you guys. That's all that he talks about. He goes, there's nobody else that's like him. He goes, it's, it's, it's so unique. Isn't that the same for us? that unselfish people are just unique, you don't come across a lot of them. Because everybody's concerned about themselves. The, the, the Phillips translation says this. He says that most people, they're all wrapped up in their own affairs. I, I was re- reading uh, another pastor writing about this, and he made the comment that people that are all wrapped up in themselves aren't much of a gift thought that was pretty funny but that's the truth right it's hard it's it's it, it, it's frustrating to have a conversation with somebody and you're talking about you right you want you want to you have got something you need to get off your shoulders you've got something that you've gone through right? something's happened and you're trying to tell it and somehow they're able to make it about them and they want to tell you about what they're going through and it's just it's very frustrating to have to, to, to have that kind of a conversation and Paul's going look if you want to be happy, if you want to learn happiness, I want you to look at Timothy's example, because Timothy is an example of he's consistently shifting the focus away from himself. The message translation of Philippians 2:4 says, "Don't be so obsessed." Excuse me. Don't be so obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. I thought that was kind of a kind of a cool way of putting it says, look look away from yourself long enough look at other people long enough to see where you can pitch in where you can help out and so that's the first example that timothy shows us here's the second one it's in verse 22 he says but you know that timothy's proved himself because as a son with his father has served with me in the work of the he has served me in the work of the gospel You've got to, if, you want to be, if you want to learn happiness, you've got to become somebody people can trust. When you break trust with somebody, how does that make you feel? Hopefully terrible, right? It's, it's the hardest thing for me to do is when I promise my kids something, yeah, we're going to go do this, and then for some reason I'm not able to fulfill it. You see the little looks on their faces. It's, it's, it's a bit crushing. I don't feel happy whenever I have to do that. But whenever I'm able to keep a commitment to them, whenever I say, yep, we're going to go to a baseball game. Yep, we're going to go do this. Yep, we're going to get you this. I feel terrible for my son right now, and this isn't mine or Kim's fault at all, but his Christmas present still hasn't come in. Thank you, Amazon. It's very frustrating because he wants it. And it's nothing that he can use right now. It's a new baseball bag. For years, he's been carrying around three different bags, one for his catcher's gear, one for his normal gear, and, and, and another one for a change of clothes. But he, it's what he wanted is this big monstrosity thing. That's, right? He still hasn't got it. And it's, he's, I just, he, he's frustrated, and I get it. And, and, but, but you've got to learn to become somebody that people can trust. You've got to become a person of integrity. In fact, there's, 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 there's two ways that, you can, that, that we, two simple ways that we can begin to, tr- to build trust with people. And the first one is that we, we, we're people that, that live with integrity, that our actions match our words. Proverbs 25:13 says, "Reliable friends do what, who do what they say they're going to do are like cool drinks on a sweltering day." Isn't that the truth? You're wondering, are they going to come through? Are they not going to come through? Are they going to show up? They said they were going to come over and help me. I don't know if I can do it by myself. And then they pull in the driveway, and it's like, thank you, Jesus. Right? It's like a cool drink on a refreshing day. And what Paul says is that, Timothy, you know that he's proved himself among you. Right? Whenever you go to buy something that you can't afford, you go to a bank and they run a credit check on you. Right? What we have to understand is that people are constantly running character checks on us. And even though we live in a society and it's easy to adopt the attitude, I don't care what anybody thinks. Paul's going, if you want to be happy, you've got to care a little bit. You've got to become somebody that lives with integrity, you've got to be somebody that people can trust. I think it's one of the reasons why if you go over and you read in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 3, he goes, look, if you want to be a leader in the church, here's a whole list of characteristics that you need to develop in yourself. Because whenever you break these, whenever you're not a person of character, because goes, you just don't give yourself a bad name, you give Jesus a bad name. And so, if you want to grow in happiness, if you want to become, uh, follow the example of Timothy, he says you've got to become someone who people can trust. You've got to learn to live with integrity. Proverbs 28.20 says, Honest people will lead a full, happy life. But if you're, to, but if you're in a hurry to get rich, you're going to get punished. Slow down. Do things right. Become a person whose life matches their words. Be a person of integrity. But then here's the second, here's, here's the second easy way to build trust with people. Is simply be a person who keeps their promises. Be there when you say that you are. Be on the other end of that situation that we talked about. Show up. Psalms 15:4, the Good News Translation says: they always do what they promise no matter how much it cost them. We, make, we, we live at a time, it's hard to get people my age to keep their, to keep their promises. Hey, do you guys want to come over Friday night and, and we'll play some games? Yeah. And then Friday afternoon, ah, I don't think we're going to make it. we got something else popped up. It's hard to, it can be hard to keep your commitments. And Paul says, look, if you want to become someone people can trust, you're somebody that keeps their word. So here's what he says so far if you want to follow the example of Timothy, there's two ways that you can learn happiness. you can become someone who people who, who, who people can trust that will make you more happy. That's a place where you can learn happiness and you've got to be someone who's able to shift the focus away from their self. Here's the third one. he begins to talk about, Epaphrodites. And here's what he says about him in verse 25. He says, but I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphrodites, he says, my brother, my co-worker, and my fellow soldier. He says, you've got to be someone, if you want to be happy, you can follow Epaphrodites' example of learning how to work well with others. They don't teach us that. They try to teach us that in these things in school that are called group projects. Do you remember group projects in school? How many people did all the work? Typically one, maybe two. And then if you're one of those one or two people and you go and talk to the teacher about it, they tell you, figure it out. There's not a lot of teaching on how to, to work well with each other. And because of that, it's not a common skill. But Paul says, look, this guy, Epaphrodites, this guy, I look at him as my brother, this guy's family to me. He goes, he's my coworker. We're in fellowship. We got the same goal. He's, my, he's, my, he's, he, he's, he's one of my right-hand guys. I can count on him. He goes, and I look at him as a soldier. Right? He's somebody that he, he'll go the distance with me. Right? As we find out, that's exactly what he did. We've got to learn to work well with others. And Paul says, look, if, if, if you want to learn that skill, we've got to learn how to cooperate. We don't always have to get our way. Now, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's our culture. Maybe it's what, but, but there's something in me, probably in you too, but it's definitely in me that always feels like you have to get your own way. And we fight for it. I fight for it. When I don't, I feel a little fit, right? Is it just me? Some of you guys too? Okay, okay. That makes you feel a little bit better. What's um, hilarious in my family is, is that, that my, my, my four and my five-year-old, right, they're just getting into video games and we're playing simple games like Mario Kart and stuff like that. So it's a little race car game. And most of the time, whenever nobody else can play, it's Gwen and Willow playing, my four and my five-year-old playing, Gwen wins and Willow gets very upset about this. I wanna win, I'm not playing. Every now and then, well, let me say this first. And Gwen loves to flaunt the fact that she wins. She loves to get up and dance when she wins a race. I see people making eyes at each other. I'm assuming my kids aren't the only one. But every now and then, Gwen will let Willow win and it's adorable because she won't tell Willow but every time it happens, she'll walk over to me or to Kim and she goes, I let Willow win. She wants to make sure that we know who could have won if they wanted to. Right? It's kind of what Paul's saying that we've got to learn to cooperate. We don't always have to get our way. He goes, That's what Epaphrodites did. He was, he, 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 as a brother, as a co worker, as a soldier, he was in this with me. Jesus said it like this in the, in, in the message translation of, of Matthew 5, 9. He says, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete and fight. Right? And all those blessed are, he goes, you're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate over, over, over compete or fight. If you're somebody that has that skill and can teach people how to cooperate, he goes, there's a special blessing that you have. He goes, if you want to know how to work well with others, you'll learn to cooperate. And then here's the second thing. You'll learn to be considerate. He goes, was he was extremely considerate. Here's what it says in verses 25 and 26. He goes, but I think it necessary to send back to you Epaphrodites, my brother, my co-worker, my fellow soldier, who was also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs, for he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard that he was ill. He goes, he got sick on this journey and he was worried about you because you were worried about him. He goes, if you want to learn how to work well with others, you've got to learn to be considerate. You've got to take other people's feelings into account. You've got to be worried about what they're worried about. Because if you want to be happy, you've got to follow the example of Epaphrodites. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 10, I don't just do what I like or what's best for me, but what's best for everyone so that they may be saved. Paul says when I walk into a new community and I begin to look around, I could just bless myself he was a businessman. I could just step in and get a new corner on, on, on the market. but that's not what I do. I look around and I see what's best for the people that I don't even know yet. And I do what's best for them so that I'll have the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. He says, look at Epaphrodites because he is he is very well versed at working with others because he is able, he has learned how to cooperate. And he's considerate of other people. And then here's the last thing he says about Epaphrodites. verse 27 and then verse 30. It says, "Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, or excuse me, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help that you yourselves could not give me. Paul says the last example that you can follow from Epaphrodites is that you've got to find a purpose that's worth dying for. So I didn't realize how big of a journey this was. And so I looked up where Philippi was, I looked up where Rome was, and somewhere along an 800-mile trip epaphrodite got sick. I don't wanna walk five miles someplace, right? Some of you guys live next door and you drive here, right? Paul goes, look, this this was a significant trip that this guy made. Oh, to put it in perspective, from my house, I tried to find a place that everybody would know that might be recognizable to people that 800 miles. It would be like walking from East Alton to Savannah, Georgia. From my house, Savannah, Georgia is 814 miles. Right? I couldn't even fathom going on a trip like that. Every now and then I listen to a podcast and somebody talking about biking across the country and I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of challenging things that are interesting to me. Not that, right? This is, a, it's just, and somewhere along the way, he got sick and even though he was sick, he decided, I've got to get this to Paul. I've got to make this happen. Paul goes, look, what he actually, what, what he did was that because God had mercy on him and not only mercy on him, he spared me sorrow upon sorrow upon sorrow. Because as we've, as we've talked about, I think during week two, right, when you're stuck in a Roman prison, they don't feed you. You're at the mercy of whoever will come and bring you a change of clothes, who will bring you food, who will, who, who, who will bring you stuff. They don't they didn't have any kind of, uh, of human rights uh, uh, violations like we talk about today. Right? And Paul goes, look, if he doesn't make it, I'm toast. And he goes, this guy, he got sick somewhere on the journey and decided he was going to finish it. Right? As I was reading this week, I, I come across a a, a couple of uh, 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 quotes that I thought were just uh, were really good. And one one author said that most people. They give first-class allegiance to second-class causes, and those causes are betraying them. It's what we've been talking about this whole time, is that culture says you'll find happiness here, and you'll find happiness here, and you'll find happiness here, and we never do. Find something worth getting up for. Find Find something that gets you out of bed that's worth dying for. Someone else said that they climbed the ladder of success, and they discovered it was against the wrong mountain. Someone else said that we give big-time commitment to small-time causes. And another author said that the best use of your time is to live it for what will outlast it. I really liked that last one. Do something that's going to outlast yourself. See, as Paul's writing here, and he's again, he, he, he's stuck in jail, he's, he, he, he can't do anything except for write and talk to whoever will come and visit him. He says, look, I'm worried about me, but I'm worried about you. And because I'm worried about you, I'm gonna send these guys back to you. And I really hope that you will follow their example so that you don't stay where you are, as in worried about me. That you will be able to find joy and happiness and even be able to grow, even though I'm not able to come to you, which I agree, that would be the best case scenario, but I can't, so here's what I wanna do. I want to send you these two examples that if you will follow them, you can find happiness and joy and contentment and grow, even though I'm not there to be able to help you. And he says, look, look to Timothy. Look to Timothy as he is able to keep the focus off of himself and on to other people. He goes, you will learn happiness if you do that. He goes, look to Timothy as someone who is able to build trust with people because if you're trustworthy, you will be happier than if you're untrustworthy. He goes, look to Epaphrodites. I love every time I say it, she she nods her head. Yep, you got that right. Look to Epaphrodites, because he's someone who's learned how to work well with others. And if you are able to work well with others, you will always have people around you, you will not be alone, and you will not be disappointed and unhappy. And finally, look to Epaphroditus because he has found a cause that, was, that, that, he is, that is worth dying for. It's something bigger than himself. It's something bigger than just making a buck. It's learning how to make a difference. And he goes, if you will follow their examples, it doesn't matter how miserable of a person you are, it doesn't matter how helpless and hopeless you find yourself to be, you can learn happiness and joy. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, some of this stuff just seems so backwards. It's not the message that we're taught in, 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 on, on the news, and culture, in the classroom. But God, help us to trust that you've got a wisdom that we don't. Help us to trust that, that, that you know a few things that we can't see. And so help us to trust the words that you gave Paul to share with the Philippian church. And then help us to have the courage to live this stuff out. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.